The Denver Broncos are preparing for a Monday night showdown with the Buffalo Bills. And look, what does the tell of the tape tell us about Denver's chances of going into Buffalo and leaving with a victory? We'll dive deep into that and what Denver needs to do on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Denver Broncos enter Monday night football matchup with the Buffalo Bills as an underdog in a heavyweight fight. Can the Broncos swing and connect against Buffalo on Monday? We'll dive deeper on today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Special shout out to all the everydayers who make us your first listen of the day. Every single day. Just a reminder, you can get Locked On Broncos every single day, all year long on your favorite podcasting providers and on YouTube. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com here. Sarah, my friend, the Broncos, a little bit of a wonky schedule this week. Not our normal week where Denver has practice on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. They have practice, essentially, Thursday, Friday, and they'll have a Saturday practice before they head out to Buffalo. So it's been a little bit of a different week in comparison to what we're used to. But, you know, nothing really changes with us. We're going to dive deep into the tail of the tape here on today's episode of the show. And I think, first off, we need to dive into the Broncos offense, how they match up in specific categories against the Buffalo Bills defense. And when you look at this team, like Denver's offense, they're starting to find a little bit more of their identity. They're finding their rhythm. And you look at the Buffalo Bills defense, gosh, they have some good players, but they're also very banged up, one of the most banged up units in all of football. So something's got to give on Monday Night Football. Something does got to give, Cody. I mean, a lot of this season, we've kind of been talking about the Broncos as the get-right team for other teams that they're playing against. But, I mean, with this Buffalo Bills defense, is there a chance that the Broncos offense could kind of get right in terms of finding that true balance that we've been looking for, right? They've really emerged and established themselves as a running team the Broncos have and and they've been effective in that way especially as they've won games against the Green Bay Packers and now Kansas City Chiefs going into the bye week and you do want to keep that momentum going you don't want to just come out against Buffalo and be throwing the ball just for the sake of throwing it and saying hey we need to be able to do this here's our chance to to figure things out no, that's not what you want to do. But, man, you look at the the way the Broncos' offense has played this season in terms of yards per game, 302.1. What that shows, Cody, to me is that there's there's not a ton of balance, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty low. That's 22nd in the NFL. Now, the Buffalo Bills defensively, they're giving up 334 yards per game, so sort of middle of the pack there. And like you said, with the injuries, I think there is, especially after what we saw against Cincinnati and in other previous weeks, this Buffalo defense, even team like New England a couple of weeks back having success against them through the air. I think it's an opportunity for the Broncos to really exploit some things. Well, when you look at net yards per game, you talked about that there. I think for Denver, remember at the beginning of the season, Denver's passing yards were like the most productive part of their offense. Now you're starting to see the mean, the, the average of it kind of bounce out because now Denver's getting the run game going. That's going to skew things a little bit. What does this look like in three weeks from now? That's something I'm eager to see. But look, a lot of what Denver's going to do in this game offensively, defensively is going to come in the key metrics that we always talk about third down and in the red zone. So let's take a look at the Broncos third down offense in comparison to the Buffalo Bills 
third down defense where they can ramp up some pressure. And that's where you always have to worry about guys like Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, more than likely, especially in those situations here. Denver's offense right now, they're 15th when it comes to third down conversion percentage, converting 40.2% of their third down attempts. They've been relatively good in that department this season. I think in the last couple of weeks, they've actually been drastically better, which has helped improve their ranking statistically there. So Denver has gotten better week over week on third down. That was an issue for them early on in the season. But you look at the Buffalo Bills defense right now, you mentioned all those injuries that they've had. I think that contributes to it a little bit, but they're allowing teams to convert at a rate of 41.7% on third down, which gives them a bottom 10 ranking. They're 23rd right now in the NFL and their third down defense. So can Denver find a way to be good on first down? Can they find a way to get have a second and manageable? And if you find yourself in third down, is it third and short? Is it third and medium versus it being third and long that we saw a little bit early on in the season here for the Broncos? To me, how they do on third down is going to be paramount, I think, to Monday's game. I think so, too, Cody. And it typically is the case, right? Or we've seen the Broncos have some success when they get to the other side of the field. When they're having sustained drives, it's because they're converting on third downs and getting, you know, taking advantage of opportunities in the red zone where the Broncos have had some struggles, right? Is just that there's there seems to be a bit of a wall at times during games to even just getting to the 50 yard line, even getting into scoring range, right? So they've got to convert those third downs early on in the possessions and not just at certain points in the game. And of course, you would love to see not having to get into too many third down situations, right? You would love to see them converting on first and second down. But the reality is you're going to have to be, I think, 50% or better on third down in a game like this in order to be able to win. And we'll see after the game on Monday night if that's the case. And of course, we know red zone efficiency is huge. I feel like the Broncos have been pretty good in this regard this season, Cody. There's been some dry spells, but ultimately 53.6% of the time the Broncos are converting red zone opportunities into touchdowns, which is 16th in the league. And the Bills, they have a pretty stout red zone defense. They're eighth in the NFL, allowing just 44.8% of red zone opportunities to be converted. So it's a top 10 red zone defense, which could indicate, hey, if you're the Denver Broncos, this may be the game where you want to be taking shots. Things are lining up to 30, 35 yards out. Maybe try to go up over the top to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims. Try to get Russell Wilson those opportunities when you get past midfield that may be your chance to take some shots deep and, and see if you can take advantage of this banged up Buffalo secondary. Well, and look, you, you mentioned that as well, like Tredavious White, unfortunately, we know out for the season, just feel so bad for him. At one point, dude, he was one of my favorite corners in the NFL just because he's a great guy against the run. He's aggressive, he's physical, and he's a he was a lockdown corner. And then obviously injuries have impacted him. Kyer Elam's been injured for them as well on the Buffalo side of things. So you have opportunities, but hey, there's still Jordan Poyer back there. You know, you always can't, you can't overlook that. But I think what they do really well in the red zone is when you watch it on film, look, there's Von Miller and they have good enough coverage and communication in a shorter field that allows like Von more time to do what Von does. And I'm very curious to see what Denver's plan against Von is going to be this upcoming week here. That's going to be a huge thing. Cause that's where I think you, if you're Denver, you can't afford, okay, let's say you get to the five or the 10 yard line. You can't afford to be in a situation like that where like, all right, hey, we have five or 10 yards to go for a touchdown, but then you get sacked and then it's like third and long. And then it's like, okay, what happens there? Like at, at that point, a lot of teams just try to play it the short dink and dunk game to try to just get a more manageable field goal situation. Denver's, I, I, they got to be aggressive. 
in my opinion. So something to keep an eye on here going forward. Broncos country, what do you think about how the Broncos offense might fare against the Buffalo Bills defense? Let us know in the YouTube comments down below if you're watching. We're also going to take a look at the tail of the tape. How does the Broncos defense, which has seen drastic improvement week over week, how might they stack up against Josh Allen and a very, very explosive and talented Buffalo Bills offense? We'll dive deeper down today's episode. Locked on Broncos. Hey, Broncos country. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right, and they make it easy for you to play daily fantasy sports all on their platform. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you get to pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. You can watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Stephen Curry plus Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You can get in all that action on Price Picks. Plus, if you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every single week. Price Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So make sure you check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Today's episode of the show is also brought to you by our friends over there at Jace Medical. And listen, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, what's going on with the team. And I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on an extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you were covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON will get you $20 off your purchase today at Chase Medical. Believe it or not, the Denver Broncos have one of the NFL's best defenses over the last three weeks, but we're going to find out, does that matter against Josh Allen, who has been a kryptonite of sorts for the Denver Broncos since he came into the NFL back in 2018? We're going to break down Bill's offense versus Broncos defense coming up here on this episode, Locked on Broncos. But before we do want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked on Broncos your first listen of the day. 
every single day, free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as you can watch Cody and I for free on YouTube. And we appreciate it if you subscribe on YouTube. Those of you that comment on the videos to push the algorithm forward for us, we appreciate that, as well as those who take the time to subscribe, download, and, and listen uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Cody, I prefer Apple Podcasts. I don't know about you, but I, I always... Uh, Love to listen to us, some of the other locked on shows on on Apple Podcasts. It's a it's a great way to just pass the time in the in the car. So get to learn about the the opponents and the things that are going on in the league right now. So we appreciate you. And what we're gonna learn about right now, Bill's offense versus the Broncos defense. Cody, I I, I threw something out on Twitter or X and whatever you like to call it. I still call it Twitter, but <laughs> I threw something out there and and it was really foolish of me to do so. Okay. I uh -oh. said, if you take out the Dolphins game, the Broncos are giving up 21 point, I think 25 or something like that points per game. And I was just, I was scolded by all the, the, the great educators on Twitter that you can't just take a game out. You know, you can't do that uh, because, you know, that's part of the equation. And so I need you to just, Cody, I may need you to articulate what I'm trying to say here because mm -hmm. we can't necessarily judge the Broncos' defense right now based on the entire season at this point. You have to look at recent trends yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you have to look at recent trends because this Broncos defense right now is not the same defense that it was in week three when they surrendered over 700 yards of offense, 70 points in that game. And obviously that skewed a lot of the statistical rankings when you stack it up and compare it to other teams around the NFL. Like Denver's still in the recovery mode. If you look at the weekly release packet and you see the statistical rankings, Denver is still trying to overcome that, but you've seen them make gradual progress. And yeah, like that, that game is an outlier like that is a rarity. You hardly see that ever happen. You've never seen that happen in the NFL in modern history. And unfortunately, Denver was on the wrong side of that. But I, I get the point you were trying to make, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it is true. Like, if you take that game away, which was an outlier, you look at where Denver's defense has gotten, they are now probably, you know, in a, in a very good spot, drastically improving. And I want to give credit to this guy I saw on social media. I saw this graphic courtesy of Ben Lindsay. He said that Denver's defense had a 40% touchdown drive rate allowed through the first five weeks of the season, which was the highest in the NFL. Through the last three weeks of them playing, they're allowing a 10% touchdown driver rate allowed, which is the lowest right now in the NFL. We look at the personnel changes that they've made. We look at some of the adjustments they've made schematically, still running the Fangio look, but now calling it in Vance Joseph's way, like calling the Vance Joseph defense out of a Fangio look. Denver is in a much better spot. And if you watch the tape, you see that they're getting contributions from various players and there's more consistency than what we saw in the first five weeks of the season. So that is big here. But I think one area we have to talk about here in terms of the Broncos defense, the run game right now, you look at the Bills offense. I mean, Sarah, they don't really make a consistent effort to make it part of what they want to do. I think more than they should because they have a guy like James Cook, James Cook brother of Dalvin, he's big, he's explosive, he's good with yards after contact, and he's a threat out of the backfield inside the screen game. And for me, it's just so weird that they don't emphasize the run enough. Obviously, former Bronco Latavius Murray is in this game. So for me, I look at Denver's run defense is going to have to be big in this game. And there's some other areas we'll obviously have to talk about. That has to be good in the passing game, but that's obviously a tough task with Stephon Diggs. And obviously, you talk about Dalton Kincaid, Gabriel Davis, I mean, they have a multitude of options there, but rushing yards per game here, when you look at it, Denver's defense right now, because, and once again, going back to that Miami game, it kind of skews this a little bit. 
They're allowing 154.1 yards on the ground, which is good for 32nd right now in the NFL. Buffalo's offense averaging 108 on the ground, which is 17th. And look, here's the thing. A large portion of those yards are coming from Josh Allen himself. I mean, he's the second leading rusher with 233 yards on the ground. Cook's got 506 on the ground. Denver can't overlook the fact that Buffalo doesn't really commit too much to the run game because then they, they can capitalize on some big explosive plays. They can, and I think that's why Buffalo's offense, quite frankly, ranks tied for first in the NFL in third down efficiency. 50% of their third downs, they're converting for first downs, and a large reason for that is Josh Allen and his ability to extend plays with his legs. I was talking about this with Joe Marino on the crossover podcast, Cody, where we discussed this. You know, He was excited to see his guy, Baron Browning, rush the quarterback, and I'm sitting here saying, well, I hope the Broncos have a great initial rush, but as, as I always say, I think I say this every single week, the secondary rush has to be just as good, right? I mean, you have yes. to have Drew Sanders or Nick Benito spying Josh Allen because that's where he specifically has killed the Broncos is extending drives. And when he extends a drive, then he goes out and makes a backbreaking play, right? You, you, you look like you've gotten off the field on a third and long. Let's say it's third and eight or longer. You look like you're about to get off the field. Your pass rush gets there. All of a sudden, Josh Allen does his best vintage Ben Roethlisberger impersonation and somehow escapes the pocket with that big body and those, you know, deceptively, you know, quick legs. Like he gets out of there and he makes plays consistently. And when he extends those drives, that's when the backbreaking plays come after. And so that's where Josh Allen has been so good against the Broncos is, is converting those third downs, extending drives, and then getting the ball into, I mean, the Bills have dominated the Broncos, quite frankly, Cody. I mean, it typically happens every year around my birthday, which it so happens to, again, this year. It's every November, I feel like. The Bills have a standing meeting to come and spank the Broncos. They've got to find a way to get off the field on those third down situations like they did against Patrick Mahomes and not let Josh Allen extend those plays. And a big difference between the Bills and the Chiefs is that the Bills have better receiving options right now. And Gabriel Davis, as we talked about, Dalton Kincaid's emergence for them this year. And obviously, Stephon Diggs. These guys are talented, and they can stretch different levels of the field, and they love to utilize them in tight formations, especially when they get in the red zone. Right now, Buffalo, they're the second-ranked red zone offense in the league. They're converting, and they're scoring on 68.6% of their red zone opportunities. And look, that's an area where Denver has drastically gotten better. I mean, they held Kansas City scoreless in the red zone last week. I mean, the two weeks ago there when they played there, Denver's defense allowing teams to convert at a rate of 50%, which is good for 11th right now in the NFL. So, Sarah, something's got to give. There's got to be some balance here, right? And obviously, as good as Buffalo is, can Denver buckle down the way that they have and create some opportunities? I also, you know, watching some games, especially in that Patriots game that Buffalo played several weeks ago, Josh Allen turned the ball over inside the red zone. So can Denver come away with some red zone takeaways? Man, that would be huge to halt the stop points, but also give Denver possession the ball back going forward. I think how they do on third down Denver defensively and how they do in the red zone will really be a big determining factor as to who wins this game on Monday night football here. And look, one thing that we have heard and one thing we've talked about here is the Broncos. They're rallying together. They're galvanized. They're not necessarily worried about what other people have to say. And they've kind of embraced a little bit of an us against the world mentality. We'll dive deeper into what we've seen inside the Broncos locker room here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. And folks, look, we don't have all the answers to when it comes to life's toughest challenges or the obstacles that get put in front of us. But 
therapy can be something that can be useful to help you find your way and to find a way to know yourself a little bit better. And this time of the year can be a lot and it's natural to feel some sadness and anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of the feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change and something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything that is going on in your life. I used to think that I always had all the answers and I could just work through and power through things, but I realized, hey, therapy is very beneficial for me. So when I utilized BetterHelp Therapy last year, it really helped me get out of a bind and a career transition, life transition with a whole bunch of other stuff going on. It was easy to sit down and talk with a therapist conveniently on my own time. And that's why I recommend BetterHelp as somebody who has used it. If you're scared of going into the office or you would rather do therapy from the comfort of your own home, BetterHelp gives you the opportunity to do just that. It's therapy done your way. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't vibe well with your therapist, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just want to say thank you once again to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Now, through the first five weeks of the NFL season, the Broncos were a little bit of a national laughing stock, which was a continuation of the national media laughing stock that we saw all of 2022. But Denver has buckled down, right? There's been a lot of outside noise through them losing the games the way that they did from the trade rumors surrounding some of their top players, tearing it all down, embracing a complete rebuild. Denver has quietly shut the noise out and they focused on themselves here. And look, Sarah, I think one thing we've seen from this team in the last few weeks and even during a time where things have been rough, Denver has embraced an us against the world mentality, us against them. And I think Broncos inside linebacker Alex Singleton told it to me perfectly. It's about the guys in this locker room. You know, people can doubt us all they want, but we know what type of work we're putting in here. We believe in each other. We're playing for one another. This is the type of locker room that the Broncos do have. And look, I find it a little interesting that former guys like Sua Cravens, who have no relevancy here to what the Broncos' current roster is and only has like a couple of connections there, is out there trying to put stuff out there that this is a divided locker room, that they hate Sean Payton. That's not the case here. And I think I want to make a really good point on this is that Sean Payton is an old school coach, right? And these players, they're in the business. And the coach is not supposed to be your friend. The coach is not supposed to just be like, hey, buddy, you know, kumbaya. Sean Payton is a combination of old school and new school all in one, which is ultimately what you want. Because what's the goal here in the NFL? It's to win games. These guys want to win and these guys are okay with being pushed hard. Sean Payton is going to push these guys hard. He's going to hold guys accountable. But when you're losing, yeah, obviously there's there can be some tensions here and there, but when you're winning, that's what it's all about. So there is no divide in that locker room. Players, they like Sean Payton. Sean Payton spends a lot of time doing some really cool things, some team bonding stuff with these guys as well. So I wanted to shut that down because I know that's been something that's been circulating on Twitter, but it really is an us against them mentality. And you know, if people on the outside, like myself included, look, I'm a media member. You know, I have a job. It's my job to talk about things, you know, and we we tend to do all these different things. National media has their own talking points. They don't care about any of that, which is good. I'm glad that they don't. Uh, it's not like my voice carries much weight anyways. But I, I think it's important to put that into perspective that, you know, despite all the noise, these guys are locked in with one another. And to me, I think that is the sign of a team that is growing in the right way. 
I completely agree with you, Cody. I, I really do. And you know what? It is actually your job to talk about the Denver Broncos and the locker room and the things you hear and not uh, Sua Cravens, who kind of hid behind that. It's not his job to talk about the Denver Broncos. So I don't know where he came up with that. I didn't know he was part of the Denver Broncos media conglomerate um, at large. But uh, at matter of fact, he is not. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that it's interesting that what he said came to a head after that New York Jets game, right? And everything has kind of shifted since that Jets game to where, man, after the loss to the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett running off the field with his fist pumping in the air and Mackay Becton in one arm and his, you know his, him celebrating with the other, it was the most embarrassed I think everybody in Broncos country has been, probably the players included, if I can assume that. And yes. that was the turning point, right? I mean, it was four days after that that the Broncos played against Kansas City and where this us-against-the-world mentality kind of started. And yeah, they did drop that Thursday game to Kansas City, but they played much better than we had seen. It was very encouraging, at least for the defense, to play the way that they did. So that's isn't it kind of funny to think back to that, that game against the New York Jets, when you lose to Nathaniel Hackett and, and that team at home, that was kind of a turning point for the season. I know the Broncos didn't immediately win every game after that, but that's the turning point for where we talk about all these defensive trends and statistics. That's the turning point for the mentality of the team. That's where the switch, the proverbial switch flipped. It's funny to me that that kind of happened, whereas Nathaniel Hackett was very vindicated in that moment. It also kind of shifted something mentally. Uh, you know, you could you could talk about just the whole vibe of the team with the Denver Broncos to see that happen, to feel that, and to have to go through that together. It seems to have sort of galvanized everybody. No, it certainly has. And, and look, they've made some changes inside the locker room as well. You know, obviously a couple of players are no longer here for them, but they just, they're a tight knit unit. And that's the thing is like, these guys do everything together away from football, right? Justin Simmons the other night was at the Denver Nuggets game with his wife and a couple of teammates. Russell Wilson goes to the games. Like they're, they're doing these things together as teammates, as friends, as brothers. And I love that, you know, because I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day. It's about the community that you build and look while the Broncos have not been a winning franchise in seven, eight years at this point, I think these things in the grand scheme of it, like the type of culture and environment you have inside your locker room is important. And what was one of the things we talked about before Sean Payton got hired? We said, you know what? The new head coach doesn't have to come in and change the locker room culture. The new coach has to come in and change the on-field product culture of winning games. The locker room culture is intact. I mean, these guys there, gosh, I think it's Thursdays. They always get together. They go to like certain steakhouses. They go out, offensive guys, defensive guys, and they have a good time together. They bond like that to me. Does that seem like a fractured locker room to you in a sense, if that's what, you know, was going on there? Nah, not necessarily. I don't see that at all. So it is encouraging. And I think the, the, the important thing for this team here in the second half stretch is just to continue to find that, that rhythm with one another and like, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's commit to what we talked about. Like, it's just us against the world. Like we don't care what anybody has to say. We believe in what we can do. Doesn't matter what the media says. Doesn't matter what the fans say. We just need to lock in and do our jobs. And I think that's the mentality and the mindset of this Broncos locker room going forward. I like it. And I think some things to watch here as well. Like you've seen the, the defense play better drastically over the last couple of weeks here. If the offense can find its rhythm, not only just with the run game working the way that it has, but let's say things open up in the passing game a little bit more than they have in the last few weeks. I absolutely think that the Broncos, they can make a big splash here in the second half 
of the season. But Broncos country, we want to just say thank you so much. That'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Just a reminder, you can get this on YouTube for free or wherever you get your podcast. Our next episode of Lockdown Broncos, we're going to take a look at our key matchups to watch. Matchups to watch for on the offensive side of the ball. Matchups to watch for on the defensive side of the ball. And our keys to victory. You're going to get that on Monday's pregame episode, leading you into Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. We appreciate you so much. Enjoy your weekend, Broncos country. We'll see you next time.